Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Some of us are fortunate enough to be born with a creative flair or a sense of style. But how do you turn those talents and traits into something that can sustain you? My guests today have secrets to share. Grace Emden is a Baton Rouge artist, more specifically a special effects makeup artist, who specializes in special effects makeup for the movie industry. Grace actually started out making beautiful high-end cakes for weddings and birthday parties and realized after working on a movie set several years ago that the same skills that she applied to decorating cakes could be applied to decorating faces. Since then, her firm Art Gracefully has been hired for an array of productions and events, and if you could see the pictures on her website, well, you might not be able to sleep tonight, and you'd be amazed at the talent of this local artist. So, Grace, it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Nice to be here. Candace Hampton is a local fashion blogger whose website, The Beauty Bow, covers a range of affordable and luxury clothing and beauty products with an emphasis on affordability. Candace grew up in Baton Rouge and has an undergraduate degree in business and an MBA in accounting. She's put those credentials to good use in her day job with the state of Louisiana, but Candace doesn't want to spend the rest of her career behind a desk. So she has launched The Beauty Bow, which she is in the process of turning into a full-time gig. Candace, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's so great to we be here. Look forward to hearing your story. Well, Grace, I'm going to start with you. You were making gorgeous themed cakes and got hired by the producers of the Twilight series when they were here shooting a movie a few years ago. They needed a cake for one of their interesting banquet scenes. How did you get into special effects makeup from there? Well, I was actually, the food that I was hired to make for the Twilight movies, it was the Breaking Dawn, so it was a big Christmas dinner. Okay. So I actually did pies, cakes, turkeys, you name it. I mean, and two of everything. So every everything that you would see at a Christmas dinner, I made. And we got to deliver the food to the set. And when I was on set, my gears shifted. I just, I realized that's the industry I needed to be really? in special effects. Um, it was... I love food. I love, you know, cake, making cakes was a lot of fun, but I, I realized that I just, I don't know, I loved the idea of doing so much more. Sure. Um, so the film industry was kind of an immediate outlet for that. And I met as many people as I could on set. And of course, in Louisiana, it was a booming was film booming. industry for a while. This so was like four years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, three um, years ago. let's see, what year was the... the I guess Twilight was in 2009. Maybe? Oh, was it that long ago? Okay. Yeah, it was a while oh, back. Time flies. Um, it, it wasn't immediately that I got into it. I, of course, had to talk to everyone I knew first. Um, but 
yeah, and developed was... from there. How did you actually master the art? I mean, because from what I've seen on your on your website, your pictures are quite impressive. How how do you go from making beautiful cakes or beautiful art to to actually knowing how to work with makeup to make it look like somebody's face has been slashed open <laughs> or they've got a Honestly, spear sticking out of their head? You know, trial and error. Um, I've learned to become very fearless with my business and my art. Um, I'm completely self-taught, so everything is trial and error. That's very impressive. Um, I've been interested in art since I was a young child, and everything I've done since then has kind of had some form or another of art involved. And, um, and do you only do macabre, garish makeup, or do you make people look old or everything? Beat up anything everything. that anybody needs on set, um, which involves beauty makeup at times as well, but. Um, yeah, lately, I've just been doing commercials and stuff because I am planning for my wedding. So I've kind of taken <laughs> a few months to myself to, to make that as much of an event as I'm sure people expect it to be, being as creative as I am. Sure. Well, Candace, you also have a creative streak and an appreciation for aesthetics. Your passion is in fashion and beauty. How have you turned this into a business? Well, I first started off doing makeup. Uh, I used to watch YouTube videos. That's mm -hmm. actually where I started. And... First, I looked a hot mess, you know, putting on makeup and, you know, really thick, like, ugly eyebrows. Like, <laughs> I just kept practicing over and over and over again, watching more videos. Um, actually, someone on there inspired me to start doing my own videos. So as I kept filming and recording videos, um, that's when I started, you know, improving with my skill. Sure. And I actually did solely makeup for about five years. I started in 2008, um, my high school senior year. And... Um, Pretty much. After five years, I decided to post an outfit of the day. That's like when you take a picture of an outfit and you share where you got all the items from and right. you know tag brands and stuff. And it looks like more people enjoy the fashion aspect more than the beauty aspect. So that's when I started to post more and it just flourished from there. Now you have a day job, but this is what you really would like to turn this into your full-time career. Yes. <laughs> Are you making money at it yet? I mean, do you or have you been able to monetize it at all? Yes, I have. Um, whenever I tag brands in my stuff, I also share the links to where I've got everything okay. from. And um, I get commission, like a percentage commission. It varies from company to company. And then also, for certain brands, they'll pay me to promote their products So you're on what we website. call an influencer. You're yes. an influencer. This yes, is so cool. <laughs> this is a whole new thing. This word didn't exist a few years ago. So as an influencer, though, do you reach out to the retailers, for instance, or, and the manufacturers and designers, or did they find you by virtue of the number of followers you have? Mostly they contact me because I have two separate email addresses. I have one for YouTube and I have one for Instagram. That's how I kind of differentiate mm -hmm. where all my contacts come from. And most of them come from my Instagram page. So mostly they reach out to me. But occasionally, if there's someone I really want to work with, like if I see another fashion blogger that promotes something, I'll reach out to them and send them my media kit, my pricing and everything like that. So interesting. Do you have advertisers on your website or is this strictly coming from commission and referral kind of business? Commission sponsored posts. That's when someone sends you an item, you take pictures in it and they pay you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get a flat fee from that. Uh, sometimes I can send a tweet on Twitter. I'll get paid from that. Like various uh, social media streams I get paid from. And I do have a few ads on my blog as well. Now, do you get like free clothes from the stores that you promote? Or? Yes, free clothes. And They'll send you the free clothes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. That's it's a good awesome. deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you all are both self taught, which I think is so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, 
I guess you have to start out with some sort of intrinsic artistic ability to be able to master. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I can't draw, but I can do makeup. So it's kind of weird, like certain stuff I can't do still. Mm-hmm. still has, you know, I still have a little work, but. Yeah. I still think that putting together outfits and stuff is such an art form that I, I can't do. I can draw and paint what I would want something to look like, but I could not put it together like you know, and yet, and yet you're able fashion. to do the makeup. Now, now you got into the film industry, Grace. You were saying a, a few minutes ago at its boom, and it really mm-hmm. was booming. And and just a few years ago, we were the number one Absolutely. site for movie producers in the whole country, which is incredible. And it's all gone away. What has that done to this nascent business of yours that was just beginning to take off? Well, I I also do fine arts. I do paintings and stuff as well. So I have actually I have commissions all the time so I, I stay very busy um, but I also do commercials commercials are still very big here really um, we have huge I mean we have Celtic Studios which is honestly a, they have a lot of space that's available right yeah. now so people are able to shoot commercials and things like that and use the space for other other mm-hmm. um, filming things small videos and stuff like that um, so I still have a lot of work. It's just not necessarily a big sci-fi film or something that would be here. Now, do you do makeup, for instance, for The Haunted House, The 13th I Gate? I do. I do. I am a makeup artist at The 13th Gate, um, which I've been there for about six years now. I mean, that place is huge, though. That's, yeah. A, that's a <laughs> Yeah, yes. That was, it was voted number one haunted house in the nation for a few <laughs> years. Um, yeah, that's... And then what about other types of art? I mean, you st- do you, have you gone back to cakes? I am making my wedding cake, but that wow. is about <laughs> as much as I've done lately. But the past, about a year ago, when me and my fiance talked about getting married, um, we were kind of talking about rebranding myself instead and losing the Cakes of Grace website and losing my paintings website and kind of mashing it all in as selling myself as an artist and so we thought of these names and stuff and we came up with art gracefully because his last name is lee so i will oh, nice. soon be grace lee so it'll be art gracefully by well, grace lee go. that's great um, so yeah i just kind of tried to sell myself as an artist and anything that people may need and don't know how to kind of hone in on that creativity i can help them with that um and, and and both of you are like building brands based mm-hmm. on your sen- yourself, your sense of style, your sense of fashion, your artistic Absolutely. and creative sensibilities. And I mean, I think so many millennials, so many people today, but particularly your generation, the millennials, are having to do that and are choosing that type of career path. Mm-hmm. How do you build that brand? And how do you differentiate yourself when anybody can throw up a website or a blog and call themselves an influencer, an artist, a consultant, mm-hmm. or whatever? Honestly, I would think, like you were just saying, your Instagram is so big, and people follow that, you you gain respect from other followers. Like you just said, someone inspired you to make your own videos. I think this generation, I, I have a YouTube channel, and I make videos of me doing makeup, but I got that idea from other artists doing that, and, and like we're all kind of inspiring. And how many people would, would watch your YouTube videos? Oh, I have, I mean... A few hundred thousand on some of the videos. A few hundred mm-hmm. thousand. Yeah, I mean, well, that's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it depends on the makeup, but in it, a lot of it is hashtagging. Yeah, you can tag things that are relevant in the I'm sure in the fashion mm-hmm. industry. Same thing in the art industry. 
um, you can hashtag certain things and people will find it in bulk and it kind of singles out your your product your page as being better than you know the other things that may have the same tags what about in your experience Candace building that Candace brand or the beauty bow brand but differentiating yourself from from others well first I found when I started doing makeup videos that my videos were very similar to other people's and okay. that might be why it kind of came to a halt. Mm -hmm. I would say like three years ago, I was stuck at the same amount of subscribers. So that's when I incorporated the fashion and I started, po I started searching trends first and then I started tagging like the larger bloggers. Some of them featured me on, my, on their website. So you would tag the larger bloggers? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or I would incorporate them somehow into my blog post on my website and then send them an email telling them they were featured. And then they started nice. sharing me on their page and as ultimately how people started finding, uh, finding me. It's like the old-fashioned referral business, word <laughs> of mouth. Now, now, Candace, you, f you seem to focus on African-American women in fashion. Is that ex exclusively or it just a little bit? Just a little bit, I would say. Um, actually, I did like a little bit of research as far as my analytics, and mm -hmm. most of my followers do come from United States, Canada, United Kingdom. They're not local necessarily. No, I would say like, Maybe a thousand of them are local, because most people that engage with me in my comments and stuff are from from out of the country, out of state. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. How many how many followers do you have? Do you know? Hmm. Last time I looked, it was seventy one thousand on that, Instagram. That's great. Twenty nine thousand on YouTube. So, in other words, being in a small market like this doesn't really have any bearing on what either of you all do, since so much of what you do is online. Or? It's kind of harder, honestly, as far as like events. Like there are a lot of blogger events that people host, that brands host, that aren't in Louisiana. So it's kind of like, okay. maybe I need to move one day to, because that's really how you get publicity and get contacts to network with whenever you go to those events, because you meet all sorts of people, CEOs of brands and all of that. And, and where would that be, New York? Most likely? I probably won't move that far. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have a lot of events in Texas as well, like Houston, Dallas, Short Austin. Dallas, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking more of that area to start. What about you, Grace? And and does you? I mean, do you go out of market? Is your reach out of market, or or just your have, online presence? I have a lot of people that will message me about painting commissions that live out. I mean, I can do a painting from pictures and descriptions of whatever you know, whatever people want, um, and I can ship. So that can be all over. I've shipped all over the world paintings but um, with makeup it's a little bit different I have my big kit it's kind of been a lot more of a local thing um, but I, I love being in Baton Rouge I think the online community for me has been just a tool to um, I actually had a, a cake in the Baton Rouge Business Report years ago and that was when I first started out it was one of my first few cakes and I just Someone asked me, well, how do you market? And at the time, I was just using Etsy mm -hmm. as an outlet. And I didn't sell my cakes through Etsy. I just listed them with pictures. And it had tags of Baton Rouge and stuff like that. So when people went online, Etsy had such a high search engine um, optimization, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, people found my stuff faster through Etsy. So it was worth the 80 cents a month or whatever Etsy is to be able to market on there. And um, they would just contact me through my website. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking with Grace Emden of Art Gracefully and Candace Hampton of The Beauty Boat. 
Well, ladies, I want to take a little break from business just to um, find out a little bit more about you personally and how that has affected the development of, of your respective companies. Um, so I'm going to ask you this question. If you could have dinner with one influential person, living or dead, who would it be and why? Mm, I'd probably say Brittany Xavier from Thrifts and Threads. She's one of my favorite fashion bloggers. Okay, I've never heard of her. Tell, tell me about her. She is a vintage fashion blogger that lives in Los Angeles, and she's actually one of the people I've gotten most of my inspiration from. Whenever I've contacted her, she had no problem answering my questions. She's just a really... So she's um, almost like mentored you. Yes. Has she been doing it longer than you have? Actually, shorter. In two years' time, she's acquired like 500,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. What's Mm -hmm. her secret? Well, she shared some of her blogging techniques, uh, mostly focuses on building an email list, something mm-hmm. I'm still working on. Because when you have an email list, you can send out uh, like newsletters and stuff like that, pretty much something to keep your followers' attention so that they keep coming back so to your site. So you're reaching out to them. You're not just waiting on them to go to your site mm-hmm. and click on you. Mm-hmm. You're giving them like an incentive to go to your website. Like, I have a giveaway on my blog or my latest fashion posters here or if you need coupons yeah, yeah, to yeah. shop they're on my website so you see this is interesting because that's what i was going to ask you whether it's is her content better than yours or just she has better techniques for getting people to her site and I that's feel like it's a little bit of both yeah mm-hmm. well that's great so that's that's very inspirational to see that's very interesting what about you grace i think there's a uh, countless people that i would love to have a conversation with and just pick their brains um, one maybe in the special effects community would be Rick Baker. <laughs> okay. Um, Ooh, I great. I, I've actually recently had the pleasure of meeting V. Neal, who is an icon and pioneer in the special effects makeup community, and she actually got to see one of my makeups and kind of critique it and take pictures and talk with us and stuff like that. So that was a huge and honor. And what has V. Neal done? That v. Neal is the judge on the show Face Off, but okay. she is the first special effects, woman special effects makeup artist um, in the world. She's kind of paved the way for women in this industry. She's done Beetlejuice, Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, you name it, some of the most amazing, you think of special effects makeup mm-hmm. in the movie, and she was the head makeup artist on it. So incredible and sculpture she was here in baton rouge when you met her she was she actually actually came um they were filming face off in new orleans okay and she wanted to come to the haunted house and so she came through with a few of her friends and um they came through and looked at the makeup room and watched us and talked with us and were they impressed very much they they said they had a great time and uh i was i was very honored that she said at, at the end of it when they walked through the house asked what her favorite characters were and four out of the five that she named were mine <laughs> so fantastic congratulations extremely thrilled about that but um yeah that's the is another great person I guess. I, I, are there you know professional development classes or, that you would go to just to catch up on the latest techniques or try out the latest products or do you just find out about it mostly online um i i find out about a lot of things online well we have composite effects here in baton rouge which is a huge special effects company they make these silicone masks that look completely real but a lot of people in the film industry don't know that they're even local to us um but i have quite a few friends that work there and was um, friends with one of the owners and 
have been able to go and kind of work on things in their incredible shop. And you learn, a, I, I've learned a lot through just meeting with people, becoming friends with people in the industry and being completely humble about it, letting them teach you everything that they know and can do. You know? That's such good advice. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell that to young people all the time. It doesn't matter how smart and great you are. Mm -hmm. You have to be humble when you're, you know, mm -hmm. there's always, always something you can you learn. You always have to be humble, but there you know, it's especially, you can learn. Mm -hmm. there's always something you can learn. I want to ask you this though, people in your industry, the support and services of the movie and film industry, they've got to be just really nervous if they're still here at all. The because people it's in, yeah. in the industry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of people I know that have worked in the film industry for many years, and they are kind of nervous. They're wondering, do I go back to that nine-to-five life? Because working in the film industry is, it's hard hours. It's 15 hours a day. You're getting up at 2 a.m. sometimes to be on set for three or four or to have an actor on set for five and you have to do their makeup for two hours. So it's hard to go back to nine to five hours after um, having that uh, kind of career. especially if you're doing what you love. You oh know, yeah, more than definitely. Anything. Well, well, speaking of doing what you love, Candace, what happens when you get clothes that perhaps you don't like? Um, if, if they send them to you, do you have to wear them and blog about them anyway or...? Well, actually What's I your have, relationship like, you know, with them? Actually, I have a freeze or like a little disclaimer in my media kit that states if I don't feel comfortable reviewing your product or if something's not right, I will contact the company first. And if they provide me a prepaid shipping label, then I will ship it back. Mm -hmm. So there's no real, you know, I have to promote it on my website because I always want to remain as honest as I can sure. to my followers. So they stick around. And that's great. It's only happened a few times. Did you did you sit down with a lawyer before you did this and say, hey, you know, what kind of clauses do I need to put in my media kit, or with somebody to even help you put a media kit together, or did you just figure this out as you as you went along? Well, actually, Brittany, the girl I mentioned earlier, she provided me with a copy of hers. She just took out her rates and stuff like that because that's kind of personal. But she sent me <laughs> a copy of hers. And that's great. Now I'm considering consulting with a lawyer um, in the near future so I can get a contract drafted up. Since I'm steadily growing. Well, how do you ladies think the Capital Region ecosystem has been for the development of your business? Um, is the creative culture here, the, the lending climate, the, you know, referral business, is, has it been supportive of what you all are doing? Or have I you really say, had to rely on out-of-state, you know, mentors and referrals, like you said? I would say it's improving because there's starting to be more of a fashion appearance in Banneroos, like they just started the uh, one-of-a-kind fashion week. Mm -hmm. I actually participated in that last year. Okay. I think it was like the second or third year they're doing it. So they're starting to, you know, appreciate more of the fashion aspect um, in Banneroos, but I would still say most of my influence, my inspiration, all of that comes from out of state. Interesting. Like the larger cities. Yeah. What about you, Grace? I'm a Louisiana girl. <laughs> I love I love living here and I feel like I can get, I, I get inspiration from everything around me. Um, and I mean, that's easy to do with painting. There's somebody, art, art is so subjective that there is something out there for everybody. And I, I kind of, I don't know, I just, I paint what's in, around me. And as far as my approach to special effects, that's a very, as a realistic approach as realistic as a zombie can look. I, <laughs> I like to try, I break down how 
maybe how, I don't know, this is graphic over lunch, but like how would this zombie come to be? How would yeah. it have decomposed? Or I, I would <laughs> like to think how would this wound look like this or whatever the makeup is that I'm doing, I try to have a very realistic approach to it. And is your, are so. your paintings also sort of macabre or gothic or, or do you paint flowers and fields and landscapes <laughs> and Not puppy landscapes. dogs? Not landscapes, I, I actually, some of my paintings can be a little more dark, but they're mostly kind of just surreal feelings, I guess. If I'm painting for myself, commissions, I, I paint a little bit of everything. Actually, my pet portraits have become really popular lately. Your pet portraits? So pet I portraits. was joking about the puppy dogs, but I think I was yeah. something. I, didn't <laughs> no. I did not know. Yes. All I, right. I, start, I did a sale one Christmas and... I was just saying 16 by 20s for, you know, $100. And I had someone ask me to paint their dog. And I got more feedback from that than I have really? on children and painting anything else that I've ever painted. I've done, I've started doing this, I guess, the, right before last Christmas. And I've done hundreds hundreds of pets this year. No kidding. I mean, so my you see, you never know where it's going to lead. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's, it's all that it has that local influence because it's people around me and I have shipped across the country, but it has, you know, people have wanted, Oh, well, I live in Spanish town. I walk my dog downtown. Mm -hmm. So I want the bridge and the, you know, the downtown skyline in the background. So it, you know, it has that Louisiana feel to it as well. H how much does a pet portrait cost? Um, right. It depends on the size. I generally do. Um, now they're uh, 175 for a 16 by 20 and I paint on wood so it's easy to frame pop in any kind of open back frame that sounds like that sounds like that's a doable price yeah <laughs> real quick in 30 seconds or less where do you ladies see yourself five years from now where do you want to be five years from now <laughs> hopefully doing the same thing I'm doing but you know continue to be more organized with it I guess um, keep up with my my own blogs and you know, just keep keep having commissions. And and what about you, Candace? I would like to be a full-time fashion blogger. That's actually what I'm working towards now. Um, at this point, once I'm making enough revenue, as far as like paying my bills, sure, I'm pretty much gonna you know let everything else go because I feel like I can focus more time on that and make even more, like yeah. to really benefit from it. Well, Candace Hampton and Grace Emden, good luck to both of you. Baton Rouge is fortunate to have such bright, creative talent in its midst, and there's a lot of potential for both of your endeavors. We look forward to following your progress, and thanks for being with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Grace Emden, artist and founder of Art Gracefully, and fashion blogger Candace Hampton of The Beauty Bow. You can find out more about Art Gracefully and The Beauty Bow by following the links on our website, it's batonrouge.la and w rkf.org. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart and Rick LeCompte. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. 
You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's Batonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com Thank you.